And this one I'm going to give a caveat. Now, this one's called The Wolves of Wisconsin and how we humans relate to other predators. And it's, I admit, I'm going to vent a little on this Tim Talk. Um, so I'm giving you a warning. You might just have to put up with me venting. But think of my venting as vent, helping you to learn to vent too or to be appropriate with your venting. Because we all need to, be, to release at times. We're, right now, we, we are in a, a time in human history where we are at the defining moment of the human-earth relationship and where it's going to go. And we're either going to grow into the beautiful earth caretakers that we were meant to be and care for this earth and heal it and go forward into the future for all life on earth, including our own families and our children and the grandchildren and the children from them and them and them into the future. Or we're gonna go into a very shadowy future that's not going to be good for anybody or anything. And the other day I heard of an incident now that just really angered me. Um, I grew up loving wolves. Um, they're just the most beautiful animals. And in so many ways, they're similar to humans. They have deep, deep family relationships. They're young or everything. They're dynamic predators that rule their territories where they live. There's incredibly beautiful and deep beings. I mean, let's face it, folks. How many of us love dogs? Dogs came from wolves. They're related. Dogs came from wolves. So that's how close they are. Dogs have, have been with us since so far back, I don't even know when it all began. 40,000 years ago, 50, 60, 70,000 years ago, we've had dogs from wolves that have been with us on the human journey with the earth. So wolves are just living gods, in my opinion. They're, they're amazing. And when I grew up, I read one book by an author named Fairly Moet. And it was called, it was called, um, uh, what was it called? I forget the, I forget the name of the book. Um, it was by Fairly Moet. And uh, it, it was about this guy who went and lived with wild wolves. In fact, the guy was fairly Moet. It's been a while, folks. And he studied them. It was called Never Cry Wolf. Thank you for your patience. Never Cry Wolf. And he hung out with them. They got to know him. He moved into their territory and befriended them. They didn't eat him. They didn't kill him. In fact, I don't even think there's been a known wolf attack anywhere in the world going back hundreds, if not thousands of years. It's so rare. It's almost unheard of. Wolves tend to want to leave us alone because we're bad news for them often. So I really got into wolves from that Fairly Moat book, Never Cry Wolf. And I started to pay attention to them and their plight. And I realized that they have, they have been through almost, lived in almost every state in the United States and were wiped out from every single state and the only place left in the United States was some of the Great Lakes region and maybe way up in northern Montana. There were a few wolves left. They were even wiped out of Yellowstone National Park, a national park, down to the last one. And then back in the early 90s, some researchers said, enough of this. 
and they captured some wolves in Canada, which still has a healthy wolf population, but they definitely have their own issues around the killing of wolves. And they brought those wolves they captured down into Yellowstone and released them and brought them back. And now Yellowstone has five, six packs of wolves that are so healthy and they've saved the Yellowstone environment by bringing the elk population and the deer population and the moose population back into the place it needs to be so vegetation can grow around the creeks and the rivers and the moose, the, the population is healthier than ever now as well as the bison. It's a beautiful thing. It's something we were able to right or wrong. We wiped out wolves systematically. We poisoned them. We trapped them. We shot them. And now we brought them back. And then wolves started to come back in the 90s, all the way from, from Canada down into the Great Lakes, into Wisconsin, northern Washington, Montana, on their own. And there's even been wolves down, all the way down through Oregon and California. Um, one named OR7 was tagged in, in northeastern Oregon, and he took off to find a mate. And because he was tagged, he was radio collared also. They followed him all the way down past our land in Shasta, all the way down to um, the wilds of Mount Lassen National Park, and back up into southern Oregon where he found a mate and started a family of wolves. What a remarkable story. And then one day I turn on the news the other day. 213 wolves murdered in the northern part of Wisconsin in three days. The Fish and Game Department there um, I guess I guess Donald Trump took the wolves off the endangered species list. Sadly, nothing surprising there. So they weren't protected. And they were going to have a wolf hunt. And they knew that Biden would reenact the Endangered Species Act. So they moved the hunt up early. And they let these people hunt. And in three days, 213 wolves were trapped, shot, and killed. And Many of them were pregnant females or females with babies in dens that starved. And this happened, I tell you folks, three days. Three days. It was a massacre. Even the fishing game in Wisconsin had to call a stop to it. And the damage is done. That was probably a, a quarter of the wolf population in that state. Now, what saddens me, that wasn't just somebody going out and hunting a wolf or a cattle rancher protecting his cows from a wolf, you know, and, and, and that kind of a thing. That was just crazy people with guns going into the woods, rampaging and killing and killing and killing and killing. It makes me sick. Shame on you, Wisconsin. Shame on you, Donald Trump, for taking away the Endangered Species Act, one of the greatest things we ever did for nature. Shame on you all. It's pathetic. And it's absolutely an embarrassment. And I hope it never happens again. But it reminded me of just when I think we're growing, how little we have in some ways. It was like a gut punch. And so I had to stop and look. What am I going to do? And I decided I'm just going to dig deeper and fight harder for the wolves and for the planet. There's nothing more I can do but fully realizing that I'm surrounded, surrounded by people who could care less.
And I go back to what we've talked about on many Tim Talks. It's always been just 5 10% of the people move the rest. I have to be that 5% of the good working for the good. I have to be. But I want to make this known what happened there. And I, I don't want it shoved off to the side and forgotten. It's a reminder of the battle ahead, the importance of it. And the wolves are a symbol of what we have to do for this earth. If we can't make this earth livable for wolves, it can't be livable for us or anything else. That's one of our great tests. Oh.